the back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. As fast you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And it, 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 it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, good to have you guys with us. Going to be a great show tonight. We've got a really cool topic, I think. We're going to be fishing in a crowd. How many of you guys dealt with that in your body of water? I don't care. Texas, Florida, you know what it's like. Uh, up in our part of the country, it gets jammed in some of these little bodies of water. Well, we just fished a Bassmaster Open. All of us, well, at least four of us are going to be on the air tonight. And we were fishing amongst a bunch of people. At least I was. And uh, we're, I'm looking forward to talking to the other guys uh, tonight. We're going to have Mike on with us. Ike's going to be here. Uh, and we, all, we also have Kobe Krieger, who was fishing with me. We were fishing in, the, in basically the same space. And, uh, and he, he did really well in the tournament. He really outfished the field, myself included, in that little area. So I'm looking forward to talking to him how he survived it, and we'll t I want to talk about how we dealt with all that pressure uh, in the area, pressure on the fish, pressure with finding a good place on the bank, uh, how, to, how, to, how to manage all that and come up with strategies to be successful. So that's what's going on tonight, guys. As always, we got a ton of great stuff that's going to be happening tonight. we got lots of prizes, lots of giveaways. So uh, love that you guys are with us at BashU.TV. Get, get yourself over and get subscribed. It's going to help you be a better angler, I promise you. Uh, we've got amazing teaching content that is constantly being delivered every single week at Bash University, including some fishing that we just did with GDP last week how we, are you man we did i'm doing i'm doing well pete thanks mm. for asking it's uh last week was pretty special to it say was the least. and uh you know you got to ask kobe krieger the james river is his favorite body of water are you kidding me yeah ask him about it he'll tell you all about it you're busting my child nah, you better ask him <laughs> <laughs> well he might like it better now we'll ask him we'll yeah. ask him that for sure but we had we had some fun um with you yeah uh learning some really really cool stuff that i'm I'm excited to to share with our group is is the topwater approach ar yeah. around this time of year, and uh, man, they they were just coming up and smashing it for us. They were, you know, not giving away too much here, but man, it's a very overlooked technique this time of year. It is, you know, by me, everybody. I feel like, honestly. yeah, yep. I, especially after I got the front row seat. That's the beauty part of about being the dean is I get the <laughs> front row seat on some of the amazing teaching and seminars. That that you really oh, yeah. wouldn't hear otherwise, and and Riz too. Riz Riz was yeah. Woohoo, Greg you caught <laughs> another one. Woo <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty special. Uh, that is the hardest part of yeah. the job is to not pick up a fishing yeah. rod while all this is going <laughs> down. You know. Oh wow, amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. No, it was. It don't was think awesome, Riz man. wasn't itching backer. He got him. It, yeah. It was. It was 
that was a really cool shoot to be on. Yeah, you know, yeah. oh, it was eye opening in a lot of ways for some mm. techniques that people don't think about for the pre spawn zone. Yep, and 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 that was real. Appreciate you sharing that with us, and I think guys are are definitely going to appreciate it. But I did notice uh, during that seminar, I looked over at Riz, and he was shaking a little bit, like, <laughs> you know, like withdrawals. Yes. I don't know. He was having he was having a tough time managing. I can't find a few of my top orders. I wonder where they went. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Finders well, keepers. Yeah, I, th I, I <laughs> think my boot. <laughs> I think the bass have half of them, man. They couldn't stay off of them. That's right. Yeah, but it is under it's underlooked by me and. Uh, and it was great, great working with you. Did a great job. Thank you. Um, so if you're struggling to uh, catch bass consistently, <laughs> you remember those lines? Certain times of year, certain <laughs> things can help you. <laughs> yes, I do, Pete. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for Riz to put it out there this week. <laughs> uh, are you struggling? Are you guys. struggling? How many, how many takes? Uh, Dude. I don't know. Uh, so here's how it goes. He nailed it on the first take, like flawless Perfect. first take. And we said, <laughs> all right, let's just do another one. So we got one more in the can, right? <laughs> <laughs> Next 15 tries. I still messed up. You didn't written down. Uh, I know. We had a whiteboard. We had a phone. We had all kinds. They, ca of they came out good, though. That, that's yeah. good stuff. Guys, by the way, we have somebody chiming in on the message board already. Uh, Merch burnt, uh, Mitch Burnt. First time ever watching Bash U Live. Just signed up for the program. He's well, already he's already taken advantage of the uh, 40% off uh, Rappel, a VIP deal. So oh. welcome, Mitch, and uh, we're happy to have you with us. Welcome, Mitch. Excellent. Yep. We uh, appreciate that. We got a sight fishing promotion going on with Hobie Sunglasses right now, which is awesome. We got, we got a great 30% coupon. We have a Tackle Direct coupon. We have a Bash University hat. And uh, Face Shield is our promotion for uh, for the sight fishing pros. I think I got that right. Go over to Bashu.tv <laughs> and click sign up, and you can see all the promotion stuff right there. On the whiteboard. And, and, and on the whiteboard over oh. here behind me, we are brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios. <laughs> we love being part of these guys. They, they are a great tackle store that is catering to the freshwater bass market. We love it. Get over there. Get your stuff. Right now, our subscribers get 15% off. We have a coupon. Check your email. we got a lot of great stuff coming through them at Tackle Direct. And we are also, uh, we want to give a big shout-out to, uh, to Hobie Eyewear. We have a Mother's Day promotion going on right now, which is 25% off Hobie Eyewear. Use your code on Bashy.tv. Get subscribed, and you get 25% off and a free gift. For Mother's Day, hook her up with a cool pair of Hobie glasses. Or I would suggest keep the Hobie glasses for yourself, and then you can give her the free gift. That's my call. But uh, Aquaview is also going on right now. I want to. We've been working with Aquaview. We love them. We were filming with them at this most recent shoot. It, it's eye-opening. It helps you understand what your electronics are teaching you. And our students get 25% off Aquaview. So go. Oh, really? Yep. Go over to Pro Member Offers. That's happening. Uh, that's just brand new. Brand new guys. Go that's check a lot it of out percent. on the Members Offers, as well as uh, the Rapala VIP program. You guys all have access to that. And courtesy of Kobe Krieger, yep. we have some amazing prizes. Riz, what do we got going on? Yeah, as always, we got a couple giveaways going on. We got a grand prize going out the door tonight. That's a hundred dollar prize pack from VNM Bates. Uh, Awesome of Kobe Krieger to provide us with those. We're super stoked to be giving those out. And also, there's a Facebook like and share going on as well. So if you're watching over on the Facebook side of things, guys, like and share tonight's feed. 
you'll be entered in for a chance to win a $50 VNM Bates prize pack. And guys, if you're on the fence about signing up, now's a great time to do it. Uh, just head over to BashU.TV, use the code BULIVE30, try the whole thing out for 30 days for free. Doesn't matter if you're watching this live or you're listening to it down the road on the podcast version. Guys, use the code BULIVE30, get signed up for the full program. That's over 1,000 videos, all with one goal in mind, to help you catch more big bass. Absolutely. More bigger bass. More bigger bass. BTC, you let me know when Kobe's ready because we're going to bring him right in. And uh, let's go. Or 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 we'll do what we talked about before the show. <laughs> which is we're going to take a commercial. Mike's going to come in. We're going to talk to Mike. <laughs> is that what I thought that's what we pretty much I, Somehow yeah. I'm talking about one thing and we're here. Everybody's hearing something else. <laughs> ba- but. I want you to hear this. BassBoatForSale.com <laughs> is the place to list and buy your boat. If you've got a used boat you want you want to sell it, this is the place to go. If you're looking for a quality boat that you can buy, get out on the water and fish tomorrow, BassBoatForSale.com is the place to be. So, Pete, they vet them boats. They vet them boats. They vet them boats. Like we vet our speakers. That's, Nothing but the best right. at Bass University. Right. On, on the folks that we're working with, as well as the seminar speakers that we have. So uh, check definitely check those guys out. Apparently, we're going to take a break. I got one more thing. What's up? Guys, um, going on uh, next month on the Chesapeake Bay, June 5th. Guys, if you're an upper Chesapeake Bay angler, you got to get signed up for the Ike mm-hmm. Foundation Pro-Am. Uh, spots are filling up quick. It's the biggest event of the year on the Bay. If you're not from the Bay, you're not from the Northeast, guys, come out, show up, come fish an awesome cause. All the proceeds go towards helping getting kids involved in the sport of fishing. And first place is going to win a Bass Cat, and the top uh, right. the top five prizes comes with cash and prizes. So, guys, get signed up, Ike Foundation Pro-Am. Just go to the IkeFoundation.org website, and you can get signed up through that. After party in my garage. All right, all right. It's worth the entry right there. GDP, yes. you going to make that one, or are you in Texas? I'm going to be on Pickwick, I believe In Pickwick. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, we'll miss you down there. I'm going to miss one out of, myself. One, one of the hammers is going to be on the bank, guys, so that's good for us. Two. You know? Yeah, Ike will be there, too. That's all right. Good. Yeah. You know, we'll uh, we'll have a little bit better of a chance. I'll be there. Riz will be there. BTC? Could be. Could be. I hope to see you there. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Kobe Krieger. We're going to be talking about fishing in the crowd, how to handle that situation. We'll be right back after this. Why Bass Boats for Sale? Our mission is to be the premier bass boat outlet for listings and buyers. We believe if customers can't find it, it doesn't exist. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. BassBoatForSale.com technology. 
find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash University Live. Guys, we are got a great show tonight. Got Kobe Krieger coming in. Uh, we're going to have Ike with us tonight. We're talking about fishing in a crowd, how to handle that. We happen to be fishing around the pre-spawn, spawn-type area. Recently at a Bassmaster Open, this took place on the James River, but it was as crowded. GDP, that was as crowded as a tournament. I've been fishing Bassmasters for a long time. I can't recall being so wadded up as we were in that derby. You know, that that time of year with the spawn, pre-spawn, mm -hmm. it's just even worse because it's going to really confine everybody to the same areas. You so know, that's kind of looking for the same pattern, which a lot of guys are all doing it. Right. Um, but, yeah, 225 boats. Yep. That's a lot of boats on a body of water. The fish is really small. And I think you are I think you hit the nail on the head. The seasonal patterns, yep. it, it grouped the, uh, group the fish up which is going to group the anglers up yep. and and in the 225 boat field i was boat 221 Ouch. coming out of the <laughs> gate nice <laughs> on a derby like that which was uh which was phenomenal it just, that's typical though Do, Pete, cause <laughs> on a 225 passenger plane yeah but you were boat your passenger you're boat <laughs> 221 next, next day yeah, am i right you are right that's right i am I, that's the move man i i like there, there are times when that is the move. <laughs> In this tournament, it was not a good move. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? I'll tell you what else. Gluzak, you got to launch. <laughs> it's your to go. <laughs> Get that boat in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what else is bad, too. Day one blew really bad. So oh, yeah. if you were fishing the main river, you know, you probably took a lot of guys out of their areas. And put them in other areas. Didn't want to make that long boat ride in that heavy wind. Yeah, I ran down to the Chick Day one, and I'll mm. tell you right now, I might have saw thirty boats down there. That's crazy. Which is which is crazy. And day two, it was a totally different story. Right. I was following everybody to mine. I mean, there were just yep. guys everywhere. Yep. You know, because I saw thirty boats on my first stop. I bet. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> it it was it was crazy. I I I pulled into a pocket, um, 
and I thought this was a pocket that had the potential to win. And I, I, guys, I, I promise you, I could not hit the bank with a cast. I would have hit a boat before I hit the bank <laughs> with any cast. It was so crowded. Uh, maybe a half mile shoreline, maybe maybe a quarter, little bigger than a quarter mile. I don't know, something like that. And this was the area that these fish were congregating at practice, and and obviously everybody in the tournament found it in addition to me. And I felt like th this was going to get strength, and the full moon was there. I felt the fish were going to pile in there. And I made the call. I make I say this uh, sometimes. Sometimes you just got to fish where the fish are at, you know. I yeah. nobody wants yep. to, nobody wants to do that, right? No, everybody wants to find that honey yeah. hole by themselves, that GPS point that's offshore that nobody else has found. And uh, but sometimes you got to you got to fish where the fish are at. And I think I made the call that this was the time of year to do it. Yeah, we had a warming trend, we had a spawn coming. These fish were congregating in the pockets. And I felt like I, ma I made the call that, that this, was, this was that time. So I just got in the crowd. And uh, honestly, I, I had – it was crazy. I, I was two boats deep. I had to fish at the habitat that was on the other side of the boats that were thrown at the bank. <laughs> that's, that's what I had to do Super for, for a little while. So it was like you were, you, were, you were being back boat at the whole event. You were co-angler. I, I was – I was like a, a guy observing a co-angler. I was so far down that list, you know. It, it was like the co-anglers. Well, they all had a better shot than me. But it, but what eventually happened uh, in that area was like a space would open. And, and this was, you know, where you – like in a normal tournament, I would never like be that close to somebody. I try to give people space. That I give them the courtesy I want and, and work it out. But with, with, when it's that crowded – Man, uh, uh, if a hundred yards opens up, you got to or less, you got to you slip in there, and you're like making cast repetitive cast. You, you your whole world shrinks down to what's in front of you. You got one tree, you got a little bit of a rock outcropping, and you might have some floating debris over here. <laughs> and it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, and, <laughs> you, and you just re you're repetitive casting, and the re this is a, that situation i felt like you could you could get away with it because the fish were on the come right they were they were moving in a warming developing pattern more fish were likely to show up and uh i you know it was odd but i got i got two fish after i got in you know and i was happy with that but uh but it was it, it was a crazy crazy busy busy uh time for me i i liked i didn't like my 221 boat draw on day one in a tournament like that i would you know i would have liked to have had it reversed where i was early flight on on day one but uh but it was reversed it was it was a little bit of a challenge for me i can't believe the chick which is the chickahominy is like one of the premier fishing destinations on that river system only had a few boats. I can't believe I, that. I didn't see many. Like I, I mean, I, I fished more towards the mouth day one, and I could see who was coming in. Yeah, that was, was boat number thirteen day one. I passed everybody. I was the first one in there. Yeah, and I got down there, and I, I might have counted thirty boats that came through. Wow. Yep. I think that weather. I mean, it was it was pretty nasty. It was blowing. Yeah. You know, it so was. It was piping. Yeah. So I think that really you know kept a lot of guys from making that run. Yeah. I mean, it's forty five minutes an hour one way to get yep. down there on, on a normal day. Right. So, you know, I just had her to the floor and let her eat and went down there. 
right? Well, the, well, the big, the big benefit to me in being the last flight was I was due in at like six o'clock. That's the other side you of what, what you had though, because so you had what eleven hours of fish, probably ten hours, whatever it was. Yeah, it was like eleven. Yeah, I think yeah. It, I think it was so close to eleven hours. Yeah, it's like a catch twenty-two. You know, you might not pull up on your very first spot, mm-hmm. but you also have more hours. It's it's really crazy. Like I'm faced with this all the time. A lot of us are as tournament guys. You know, you're like, where do I start? And then you got an early day, you got to be back in again if you got a good boat number. But on day one, it's like, man, do I want a later boat? Can I have a little more time to figure things out if they're not working properly? Yeah. You know, it's really hard. I I actually love that draw. I love I love being early one day and late the next. Mm-hmm. Like in this situation, it would have been nice to have it reversed for me. I would have preferred that in that situation, but. I don't like middle of the pack, right? Because middle of the pl- pack, you never get a first okay. look at anything, yep. you know, and you never get that real late day, yep. you know. So That's I was true. happy. I was happy with the draw. Just would have preferred that it, it you know, it would have been switched. But uh, but I I fished really close to the launch ramp, and all of us, you know, it's a river system that Brian, you're used to it. It you you ever fished the James? Nope. Uh, yeah, Ike's bachelor party. Oh uh, yeah. Not bachelor party, the day of his wedding. Huh. Man, we went on that James that day? Yeah, we waited, and, <laughs> and, you, and, and we oh, all, yeah. we, half of us uh, sunk in the, filled our waiters, and yeah. how many of the phones we lose? Two or three phones, <laughs> you-ish. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> they put us in a section of the James the that we shouldn't, James. yeah, we shouldn't have been waiting. Uh, up there. Nice. Dude, McGraw's you guys six, catch him? Nah. McGraw's 6'6", six, six, and we watched him, <laughs> we watched him, he's like, do, do. Gone. Gone. <laughs> Just see, like, the rod out, out, yep. out of the water. <laughs> Not good waiters. But anyhow, no, I've well, never fished the Well, I, the reason why I ask is, it, and you guys, it, it would remind you of our river, yep. the Delaware. It would remind you of oh, that. Cool. It's extremely similar, and it's like uh, Dredge Harbor. You know, it's like fishing in uh, the pot, the pits were like uh, Darby Creek pit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And you only got, like, five or six of them. I got you, yeah. And. Yeah with 150 boats piling 225 in. boat field when the f- place is fishing as small as it can possibly fish yeah and yeah. It, it yeah it was it was just like that and where was it one and one of the spots one of them spots yeah one of the the the, the simplest yep most easiest to find uh, spot closest to the ramp like a tablespoon full of gas you know would get you there so it's crazy can it be one can it f- tournament can can it be one in a crowd? And uh, obviously the answer is yes. Yeah. This this tournament definitely was. Yeah, we would have had him on if his you know English was better, right? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> tough tough communicating, I believe. I hear. Well, yeah. it was great win, uh, and and fishing. So, I mean, you can uh, you can overcomplicate it, you know a tournament like this, and to be able to keep it simple like that, I think it was the right move. And I, and I can tell you this because there was there was two types of habitat I found fish doing the same thing down at the chick that they were doing up in the james i bet they were doing the same thing but the habitat was different the habitat that i found them on down there was those shallow cypress trees mm-hmm. and the gravel the gravel ponds that we were fishing i felt like because they were deeper like it was easier for new waves of fish to pull up under your boat i bet you know that's that's the only reason i didn't go down to the to the chick yep. because it, it was like I mean, uber flat water. You couldn't even at low tide. You could barely get close enough to the trees. And I'm Sounds like, how familiar. are these? How, how are these fish going to replenish themselves? 
Yeah. You know, it's like it was shallower than Lake Burnus Bay. Well, not even that. We it's had a it's like we had a dirt. full moon too, so it sucked the tide up. Sucked it right. out big time. Yeah. So yep. I'm and and it's not like on the places that like we fish that it's is like that it's super shallow like when the tide goes out maybe you have grass lines or wood or something out in front to to fish uh for those fish that are pulling out They're like i couldn't find them relating to any of that stuff it's like the only time i could catch them was when they were up but you said something that was really cool when the tide got low you saw them like laying over on their side is I that did. The, what describe, the heck? describe that yeah so i this practice i, I had you know two and a half days we had a lead event right against this, so I rushed over there as fast as I could after Chick. Uh, the practice for me was really different. The The main areas that I was planning on fishing, mm -hmm. I never threw a cast in practice on them. Because I, I've been to the James. I know where they spawn. I've never been there like at that particular month, but I've been there a month later when they're spawning. So I kind of, you know, I didn't want to go on there and stick any fish, even though new ones were coming. Yep. But I went to some of the other areas that I have fished in the past, like areas that I know – that a lot of fish go to. I literally waited till low tide because it's the cleanest water. Uh, you can see if they're on beds. I pulled into a few of the areas. I literally saw this one in particular. It was laying on its side. <laughs> like, I mean, half the body was out of the water awesome. on the bed because the water was so low. I would say day, day one of the tournament, that fish probably had to move because the water got even lower. But it was no water on its back at all. Right. I mean, it was laying. It was a good fish, three pounder. That's great. Did, were you able to catch that fish? That was in practice. I just saw it sitting oh, okay. there. And I ended up seeing a few more that day. But I, I really tried to gauge my practice. Like, if, if if it was an hour away and it was low tide, I pulled out and I drew up there and looked in these areas. Wow. That's how I did it. And I went really far south also. And, uh, man, the signs, the main areas that I fished in the Chickahominy River, I, I backed off. I didn't touch them because of all the things, the weather coming the full moon, mm -hmm. and the air, other areas that I was looking at, there were so many males that were coming. And I'm like, man, it's going to happen. And which is crazy. So day one of the event, I run down to the chick. Water super low, sucked out completely. I go to my, which I think is my best area, and I go in there, the water's so low, I leave. And I run even further south. And I went down south, I got a limit like instantly. And then I came out, um, I don't know how how much detail you want to do right now. I know we got Kobe waiting. It, what it, you want to jump on Kobe or just go into it all? All right. So anyway, day one I go down there. Water was too low. I left, went and got a limit. Came back. Water got a little bit higher. I made three passes, big area, three passes through this entire area. I never got them. The tide finally got really high on my fourth pass. I had a shot at 20 pounds. I had 17.7. They just pulled up there. They were there. Where do they go in that <sighs> low tide? Do they just belly down in the mud, you I think, think? I think so. I mean, we kind of see a little bit at, a little bit at, on the bay here also yeah, where, like, we have right. some ditches. We get really low tides, and fish just, you know, slide, just, just yeah. back off a little bit. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened there. And <laughs> After that, you know, I caught them like there's no tomorrow. It was four or five per tree. That's how many I caught day one. Wow. After the fourth time going through there, yeah, it was a persistence thing. It was me just telling myself like this is, this is where they're going, and I just kept it honest. I just kept Good checking. Thing. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had five for eight pounds in the box, right. which isn't that high, but it's like, it still makes you feel a little better when you got a limit. Yeah, right, right. You know, if I caught a ten pounder, I'd have you know sixteen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I just kept checking, kept checking it. Uh, you know, I lost two really big ones day one that would have gave me at least twenty pounds. 
little running story. We had a we had a little bet with Kobe Krieger also. Kobe and I were staying together. Uh, Kobe said if he caught more than 15 pounds day one, he's buying steaks. <laughs> so I had a bet if I caught more than 20, I was buying lobster. Oh, man. We didn't know how. I mean, the practice was, like I said, the fish were coming. It wasn't like yeah. they were just everywhere instantly. Mm. So we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, anyway, day one. I watched Kobe weigh in. He had a good bag, 17. Yeah. Something. I texted him instantly. I put a steak steaks. symbol. I sent him a steak symbol. He bought the steaks. <laughs> but I had a shot at 20. It just you know, it just didn't work out. Day yeah. two, I probably caught 40 fish. Wow. All males. That's amazing. Yep. Well, speaking of your roommate, I, I see him uh, waiting in the wings over here. Let's bring him in, BTC, and uh, say, say hey to our friend who had a blistering tournament down there. Put the beat down on me personally, uh, who was <laughs> fishing right next to him. But uh, it's good to see you, Kobe. How are you, man? Hey, I'm, I'm doing doing well out here in uh, stormy slash sunny Florida. Ah, you got the evening uh, thunderstorms rolling through? Yeah, they, they rolled through pretty good here a little while ago, and now it's sort of cool and just sort of getting humid again, getting hot. What part, of, what part of Florida are you in? I live uh, west of Lake Okeechobee. Um, towards the Gulf of Mexico between uh, Oak, or between Clewiston and Fort Myers, Florida. I got a little you. Town, a little town called Alba, Florida, which Ross Chastain and NASCAR has made popular in the last three years. Awesome. I, I know uh, I have an aunt that lives near there, near oh. there. But uh, nice, nice place to be down there, except for the storms. But uh, I, I heard, I understood you came up and uh, – and you're really excited to fish your favorite body of water, the James River. Man, I, I tell you what, the uh, when the Northern Open schedule came out, I'm like, man, I really like the schedule except for the James River. <laughs> I've fished there several times, and it's just, dude, I've just done terrible there. So I wasn't really fired up about going there, but I, I put all my, my chips in the bag, and, you know, we were going to see what happened. Well, the chip, chips paid off for you. That was uh, that was a, that was a nice finish. You're off to a big start. Uh, anything could happen the rest of the season, but that was a great finish, man. Yeah, it was. You know, you know, I heard Greg talking a little while ago, and you heard about our bet and everything. I mean, practice was so terrible. I mean, terrible wise and catching quality sized fish. I mean, everybody was catching fish. We just struggled, at least in our household, to catch big ones or fish over two pounds. At least I did. And uh, that's why a 15-pound mark, dude, I was going to be excited with 15 pounds. And, uh, you know, later in the day, which obviously I saw you the first day and the second day or whatever, but later in the day I, when I was sort of adding up what I had, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to buy steaks for the whole house. That <laughs> was one time happy to lose a bet, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, that, that was great. And, um, and I did. We bumped into each other. Uh, my big error was – when I saw you, that was my third stop. And uh, I had no idea that my third best place in my mind was actually the place to be. I had no idea that caliber of fish was going to be in there. Well, and, and either did I. I was, I. I was in there a little bit the first day I practiced, Pete. And then the very last day of practice, I went in there first thing in the morning on very, very low, low tide. And I just went down the bank high on my trolling motor, never even made a cast, just looking to see if I could see some fish on the bed. And basically right, you know, 200 yards from where you saw me on either side, 
is where I saw the majority of them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I spent most of my time. I mean, I fished that whole entire thing, but spent most of my time down there on that one end, and it seemed to be uh, very profitable. Man, it, it, it definitely was. And uh, I got to ask you, I mean, the, the, the theme of tonight's show is how to survive uh, fishing in a crowd because, man, oh, man, were we fishing in a crowd. Um, it's just like uh, like a lot of times when I'm fishing – uh, and, and Greg, I love your your comment because it's a really good one. You have to have a different kind of strategy. There's, you know, a lot of times you like to try to let shorelines rest, right? And and there was no letting shorelines rest <laughs> in, in our situation, was there? Well, there wasn't, and that's a very and that is the most important key is letting. I don't care if it's a fifty yard stretch, mm. a twenty five yard stretch, or one tree rest for 20 or 30 minutes or the longer you can let it rest the better off it is obviously and that area that you saw me in i didn't stay in there all day the first day i had left and ran some other those some other pits looking for some more spawners before the tide came up didn't see anything and i came back well what happens when you leave an area like that is you don't know who's just fished the bank or who just fished a tree or a set of rocks or whatever it may be so the second day, I said to myself, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here all day long, and I'm just going to go to a section of the bank that hasn't had a boat on it for 15 or 20 minutes. And that's what I did. And I ended up catching fish throughout that whole thing, not just in one little area, but it was, you know, because I just kept an eye everywhere. Probably, I know I made one gentleman not very happy with me. He was He was not real happy with me, but... Other than that, everybody in there got along really good. Was his name Pete? <laughs> his name was not Pete. I, he, I think he did have an NJ on his boat, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that was a nice question. Uh, Do tell. Yeah, well, uh, shout out to Johnny Venor, who was fishing in there with us, uh, who also had a really good tournament. Hey, he scored a top 20 in that event. <laughs> there was one single tree right there where I'd caught two really good fish off of and had another, and I missed one. And it was one of those deals where I, I turned around and I, I was paying attention because he was going down one bank back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, okay, that tree's getting some rest. I just happened to turn around. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's going towards the tree. Yes. You know, I just put it on high and fish. I didn't big motor or anything. <laughs> I was just trying to beat him to the tree and we sort of met at the tree and he wasn't real happy with me and said a couple of things. You know, we went on about our business, but Any, did you, you say know, anything good? Is there anything bad? Uh, I can't. Remember what he said I, I have bad hearing, so I didn't even ask him really what he said to be honest with you. But it, I know it wasn't very good. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was a tenuous situation there because I was trying to make the top ten and and whatever. But it was. But when you're in that situation, those things are going to arise. You know, are going to happen. You just got to try to get along as best you can. And other than that, everything went pretty good. Well, uh, yeah, Johnny would have made the top ten if he'd got to that tree before you. Apparently, the other guys before he went to the tree—that was his problem. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, there was a the, a Daiwa boat in there that that got me a couple times, and I don't know um, I don't know who was in that boat, uh, but I you know one time in particular I just put a three pounder in the boat and I'm moving 
down the bank. And and I know, you know, with a big field, you you can't be as hostile as you would be normally in a spot that's not so crowded. So you got to be able to put up with it. But uh, but a couple times, I felt like a long cast, I could be right in his back deck, you know. And I'm like, man, you know, we gotta we we gotta be civil uh, and exist in here together somehow. You don't have to. Well, if you if you cut my throat, I'm gonna cut yours, right? So you're gonna get punished for that at the next turn. So <laughs> you know, it's and that's what you know. That's what you know. You wind up getting in these situations. If you give me 50 feet, I'm gonna give you 40. You know, it's like you gotta you gotta well, have that balance. You know. Well, it it is actually. I mean. You know, it, it got pretty tight in there at times. And and to give you an example, which I sort of made a mistake, and you know how if you got a spot that it's the juice, sometimes you don't want to go right to the juice. You might want to make three or four casts before you get to the juice. Just make sure your drag is good and you're, yeah. you got all your line before you make that initial cast. That's not well, an option last, in the opens, huh? Not in that open. The, <laughs> well, well, the last day, there's only me and one other competitor fishing in there. And I'm like, man, this is going to be pretty good because, you know, so I stopped short of the, where I wanted to be. And it wasn't that short. Trust me. It was, it was less than 50 yards mm. and that old right in front of me. And I'm like, ah, man, I, you know, it's my mistake, but I wouldn't have done that yeah. to him. But you know what I mean? It was just one of those deals, but it, it all worked out. He caught one little fish and then he left and never saw him the rest of the day. So it all worked out in my favor, but it was just, that was my mistake I made. I should have started a little bit closer to the deal, and I left the door open. And I left the door open just a crack, and that and that guy took took the took the crack and ran with it. And that was my own mistake. That, but that's that, just that crack taken guy. Yep. And and, and I I made it, it, there was the back wall there, the corner that you were keyed on, and then there was the other corner that just a hundred feet away. Yep. That was yep. that anywhere around those corners was the deal and and when when I saw you you and I both had ventured out and started cover there was less boats on day 2 and uh yep. and I had ventured out away and and caught some fish you know made some nice movement and I was like well I'm going to spend my last hour in that zone and I and the, I could on when I had to go and I had to go in at 2:30 so I I everybody it was just that was a mistake. I could not put my baits in the primary area with my last hour because I had, you know, I had explored and I had drifted, let myself drift away. It was, it's you got, you left your, you left your little area and you couldn't get back into it. That's exactly right. Yep. It's the one good thing that happened to me. Like the first day you were like, like wait in at eight o'clock, I think or whatever that <laughs> night. I, but I was fortunate enough to both days. I weighed in at four o'clock the first day and four ten the second day. Mm. So my day, I you know, a lot of times when you get your flight numbers that the night before, you're like, man, I, I'm never going to get first dibs at anything. Yeah. But in all reality, I got first dibs at that place the first morning because nobody was back there where I started except for me. So uh -huh. it worked out good. Plus, I got to fish there basically both afternoons when the tide got started rolling back around. So I got the morning bite and the afternoon bite. And so I was fortunate, like you only got the afternoon bite the first day and then you had to go in. So I was fortunate in that regards because every day after three o'clock, I called at least once. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, we had talked about uh, that, you know, the strategy behind 
operating in tight quarters like that is is difficult. The, the, one of my strategies beyond bow position was technique. And we were talking about this, Greg. You got to find something. You got to find a bait, a, a line change, a, get more finesse or something to be able to try to get bites in that crowd. And, and I opted for the Carolina rig because I felt like a lot of guys probably aren't going to be throwing that in, in the spawn scenario. And I can maybe cover more water, intersect a few more beds, intersect, intersect some, some beds that maybe they're deeper, that guys are overlooking. And, and uh, and it was great. It, it worked out well well for me. Did you did you have a technique that uh, that was different that was helping you through that? Well, it was it was sort of a, a weird scenario because, I mean, I caught you know, most of my fish, every fish that I weighed in except for one in this tournament, which is very unusual for me, on the same bait, which was a baby VNM swamp hog. I mean in a blue a green pumpkin blue haze with a dyed chartreuse on a very light weight and i just made i mean dude i fished slower than i've ever fished in my life and i made you know three foot segment cast to the bank if there wasn't a, a tree. <laughs> i mean it was i put my talons down and i would just dissect the bank and then when i got done dissecting the bank i'd move a little bit and put my talons back down again and do the same thing so presentation, like you said, and, and moving slow and making numerous casts, you know, not very far apart was very important. And, and another thing, fishing in those tight quarters was one thing, but tight quarters in a tidal situation where there's a time of day, you know, where the fishing, the fish are going to bite, you know, when the tide's in, out low, high or whatever it may be. So you got to be in the right spot at the right time with the right bait at the right cast. So there's so many things that were so aggravating about that place. And to come out of it with a fifth place finish, dude, I was like ecstatic. Just, I mean, to be honest with you, it's like I won the tournament, to be honest with you, just because I don't, I usually struggle. And I did something I normally don't do, which is, is fish very slow yeah. with very, small sinkers and a small bait and made a thousand casts and i was actually pretty proud of myself just i was able to do that in a weird way it, like it it simplifies the whole deal like you know you know you only got this little section of bank that you have to work with it's like you, you look at that water so much differently than if you got an entire bay that you can just put the trolling motor eight and buzz down the back and hit all the high percentage stuff like you start noticing stuff on the bank so much more when you can't go left you can't go right Oh, there's yep. oh, there's a little stick under the water. Oh, there's a I felt a I felt a I felt a rock there on my tungsten. Yep. Like you know, it, it that's huge. Yeah, like it's almost like you gotta kind of have that mentality sometimes, even when you're not in that that super pressured situation. Like if you identify an area where there's fish and there's good fish, right? Like yep. how many more can you catch out of those areas before you just write them off and leave? Exactly. One thing on the last day, then when, you know, the first couple of days you couldn't do a whole lot of, I guess I would say practicing, but on the last day, since there was, I mean, it was just me and one other competitor and a couple of local guys, I got to practice a little bit more in my area. I was fishing, you know, and I'm a big top water guy and I'm, and I know people were catching some fish on buzz baits and I'm like, man, I'm going to catch a giant on a, on a big pop R because that's what I love to do. And I probably caught 12 or 15 bass that day on my big pop R but none of them went to the scales. So the best technique I found was fishing slow, 
and throwing the little little baby swamp hog as many targets and as many cats. It was it was actually it was it was a pretty neat deal to be honest with you. Yeah, that that was that was great, and you did a did an amazing job doing that and uh, and catching those fish, making that top ten, and using that unique technique in and amongst the crowd. I wished uh, I wished I could have been in there with you. I know there were so many guys that had you know twenty pound bags out of there. I couldn't believe now, it. Now, Pete, did you tell him before I got on the call? I mean, you got to tell him about the flurry that I got to witness out of your boat the first day. Did you <laughs> tell him flurry? I, I did not. I didn't want to brag, Kobe. It was a, it was a moment, though. I'm, I mean, you got to tell them about the flirt, man. Uh, Mike, you got to come over, man. The um, we got a uh, we got into it. We we it was so cool because Kobe was in the corner, and I'm I'm bombing Carolina rigs, and my uh, my co my co hangs up a Texas rig on a log. And it kind of, I ease up on the on the bank to free this up, free this bait up from the log. And for him, you know, and I'm casting it, and it gives me an interesting casting angle. And I don't know, I caught, a, I caught a three pounder, and then I caught a four pounder, and then I caught a three and a half. My partner catches one that's five pounds. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> so happy for you. But ha Kobe tried to protest him. That's he, right. <laughs> I know he was sight fishing it. He said he wasn't, but I know he was. <laughs> he, uh, he actually was throwing a, a lizard with a chartreuse tail, and uh, I guess that bass had grabbed the tail and swimming off mm. with it, and he belly hooked that five-pounder wow. and caught him wow. and caught yeah. him. And, and struggled like you wouldn't believe just to get him in the boat because from the way he was hooked. It was, it was. I mean, I'm watching it, this whole thing go down, and I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> and and him, he picks this fish up by his line horizontally and puts him in the boat. Oh, my God. The fish is <laughs> in ways, the water, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm, uh, Did Pete help him out at all? <laughs> I, I well, he was actually going the other way and no he didn't really help him get that big one in the boat no <laughs> i i the well the boat i was on the troll my boat was blowing into the bank and he was had things under control and it seemed like he did but uh um but yeah he i couldn't believe it i'm, I'm telling him the belly land because he's trying to lip it he's trying to lip the fish and and the fish fish is upside down with his mouth closed as tight as it could be possibly closed and every time he touches that fish's lip, he just <laughs> scoots. <laughs> and, and I'm like, belly the fish, like, just grab him Just up, grab him. Up, you know? The fish was so top-heavy, because he'd go to lift up the line and grab his, grab his fish's mouth, and he'd put his head farther in the water, so he did, like Pete said, he'd swim off. So it was like a, a circus. He'd pull the string and then go. So he finally just lifted the string straight up his line straight up in the air and put it over in the boat. <laughs> I want to know what kind of hook he had. What kind of line? The it's right impressive. kind. The right kind. He <laughs> he had two like that. He he had uh he had three fish for like near twelve pounds that wow. day. Uh, that was, ouch. But that, that's the nature of you know, your your fish. What I was amazed about it, Kobe, is how could I never thought those fish would keep coming. I'm like, we're gonna deplete these fish. You know, we're everybody's that, catching that, them. That's exactly what I thought, too, and it's what's weird, and I don't know if it's because it's tidal water. I mean, you'd go down the bank, and 
you know, you catch two and you, you turn around 20 minutes later, go down the bank and catch three more. And you know, you cast it to the same spot the last time down the bank and you just didn't get bit. So I don't know. I mean, you guys are a lot better at tidal water than I am for sure. So, and I know the tide has a lot to do with it and the way they position and everything, but it just seemed, I was the same way. I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to the glory hole one more day and see what happens. I'm going to go back another day, see what happens. And I thought I'd have to, you know, do some running around or, or whatever, but obviously that's just, I guess that, way that place is this time of year you know when you're moving into spawn i guess well i i guess too uh, right i never knew there was that many fish on the james river i'll tell you what one thing i've noticed about tidal fishing dude when you find the spot they're yeah. coming like yeah. that's like the juicy spot you know like on the flat we experience it a lot like that's colonies the, that's the concentration mm -hmm. that's where they're going every single yep. time so you guys obviously found that yep <laughs> the good yep. stretch yep i i want to I want to see if that guy over there will put his headset on for a second and and talk to us, but because uh, he did something <laughs> that was unique in that we all fished in crowds, and you did not do that. How are you, man? I'm I'm doing good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Real good. Kobe, how you doing? I'm doing doing well. How about yourself, Mike? I'm doing great. Good job on James. Oh, thank you. What? Hey, Mike, remember when the first day, but when I walked off stage and I saw you, they saw him interviewing you, I said, well, I caught him today. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, uh, I, I love the James. I love tidal water. I love I love that time of the year. Uh, but it was here's the thing Two, I, I think if you're watching and listening tonight, here's what's hard to wrap your hands around. 225 is that the right number <laughs> so i think it was 29 but that's 229 the... boats on a fishery that's not that big <laughs> right especially so that, that time of year so that's 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 the thing you really have to wrap your hands around so the guys that that fished in a crowd and succeeded uh kobe congratulations because that was i i run from that i run from that stuff i i i it may it gives me agita to have boats within 10 feet. You, you know, I still I still have Ajita. I know. From having to deal I with know. it. I do know. It that I have week. Ajita. I can't, I can't deal with it. Do, but, do uh, people in the south get Ajita? Or is that a north <laughs> northern thing? I don't know. <laughs> what that is. So I'm going to say I've never had it or I don't know what. I, I've never had it or, or anything. I'm not what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, that feel, it's, a, it's that feeling of nervousness and anxiety when there's like, I don't know, you feel you're, awkward. You're all you verklempt. Yeah, you just feel like uh, nervous isn't the right word, but just it, it's like uh, I can't I, I can't stay here anymore. I can't uh, agitate. I, I can't well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever felt that way, but usually fishing, <laughs> I can't. But when I see, like I look to my right and that guy's got one. I look behind me yeah. and that co-angler's look over there and they got one. I haven't had a bite yet, which luckily I had enough bites where that didn't happen. Yeah, or enough. I so I'd catch a good one. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I just got to get a couple more bites. And mentally, I sort of mentally prepared, you know, to be in that situation. Because normally I'm like, yeah, I'd rather, especially down here on Okeechobee, you sort of have that problem. And I don't yeah. do very good at Okeechobee in a crowd because I never catch them. But the bad thing about Okeechobee, if you run from the crowd, you're also running the wrong direction. Right. I'll just go ahead and. Right. I mean. The James yeah. River, maybe this time of year, is sort of somewhat the same way. You're fishing in a crowd. You're probably fishing around a bunch of fish. Yeah. Unless you're up to find a, a little honey hole somewhere by yourself. But 
obviously I didn't have that much time to practice or don't know that place that well. So I just set her down in one area and went fishing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you did. That's what. That's why I want. Because we all kind of fished in the crowd. Yeah. Because I thought, like, just like Kobe said, if you're running away from those boats, you're running yeah. away from the fish. Yeah. And we see it on the Delaware. Like, try catching a fish anywhere but a spawning cove yeah. on the Delaware River this time of year. Right. It's not happening. Right. You know. And that's what I just kept running through my head. I just got to fish where the fish are at. But you and and uh, Keith Poche was another one that you guys found fish that not all the yeah. guys were fishing for, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, here, here was the case, and I, I think that you guys had definitely found the areas where the mass of fish were spawning, the bi- the big biomass of fish mm-hmm. were spawning. But, you, you know, so here's – and I'm, I I didn't even top ten, so take, take it for what it's worth. But um, my deal was summertime creeks in a tidal system – are flow creeks, are creeks that have an active flow in the back. Spawning creeks in a tidal system are creeks that are dead-end creeks that have no active flow. And, you know, the big difference between the Delaware and a, and a, a James or a Potomac is the amount of flow. So a, a, a spawning fish in a Delaware in a creek, you hardly ever find those because of the flow, the amount of flow. But the creeks in the James don't flow that hard. It's true. And you also don't have eight foot of tide mm-hmm. between high and low. So what I did, I spent, I, like Kobe, I only had two days of practice uh, coming from uh, Tennessee. So I spent one day in the Chick, and I spent one day in the Upper River. That's pretty much all I had, one full day in each area. And when I started running creeks, you know, creeks that had no active flow in the back. Mm-hmm. That was the key yeah. to, to the success. So, sure. you know, the great thing about it is it, it's really obvious on satellite imagery. Mm. So, you know, it was great because I hardly ever I, – I honestly didn't even run electronics hardly except to go to waypoints, you know, that I had marked uh, where I got bites. But I didn't care about depth. I didn't care about any of that. I just, you know, I, the, 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 the satellite imagery was key because I could look at that creek and say – you know, it like ends in like a, a cup or does it have a active creek in the back? And I didn't they didn't bite in those ones that had active flow. But the ones that had a almost like a cup in the back. Right. Like almost like a canal. What it would, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Kobe, if you were in Florida, you know how they they act in those canals. It was very similar to the to these dead end creeks. Uh, and that's what I targeted. So that was key. The only other thing I can give you that was really key for me is um the day that I found those fish, I sight fished without seeing them. And I, I'll, I'll throw it to Brian DeCarpenter and Riz on this one. I hate not catching them in practice. I am really bad about it. I look back on, on 25 years of tournament fishing, how many more tournaments I could have won if I wouldn't have stuck them in the practice. But I can't do that. I like catching them, even in practice. But in this <laughs> one, I forced myself, and I used a hitchhiker nice. on, on a max scent beaver style bait and and i'm i'm i've become a big believer in maxent for all species not just smallmouth and so what i did is i had a, a, a you're not the only one yeah i had a quarter ounce weight pegged on a hitchhiker with a maxent beaver in practice and i was able to 
identify spawners without ever hurting them. And that was right. really, really key to, to what I did in the tournament. And I was able to sight fish without seeing the best, right. sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, was this all water you had, like, fresh water, this like was, new water for these you? These were creeks I'd it? never fished on the James. Every creek that I had fished in summer, and all our history on the James right. came July, August, yeah. heat of the summer. They all sucked. Right. I, I never caught them. they had flow. Them. They had flow. They and were not in, was in town. Right. They were not in flow creeks. Um, so these were – so once I figured it out, once I – I sort of stumbled into a dead-end one and got a couple bites, and I was like – the light bulb went off, and I was able to duplicate that. Right. You know, unfortunately um, – Dead-end creeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, the second day I got a later draw, and – Someone had – and this is – dude, this is nothing you can control. Kobe, how many times has this happened to you? I want to ask you this. You get into a place and, you know, there, were, there was no evidence of a boat near before me. You know how normally you go in a creek or, or, or a canal or whatever and you can see bubbles, yeah. right? You yeah. see a bubble trail. Well, I get in there. I, I set off pad right in the mouth of this little dead-end creek, and I'm like, oh, shit, yes, we're the first here. Nobody's in here. Well, I fish all the way back behind somebody. In the first creek. I did it again the second day in the second creek, and it was Keith Pochet. Oh, man. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, it's tournament fishing, you know, and and it's nothing I can control. It's an uncontrollable, and you got to live with that, you know. And he had a 23-pound bag on day two. He did have a 23-pound bag on day two. And the other guy had a 17-and-three-quarter bag on day two, which either of those – I I need a 13-and-a-half pounds. Yeah. (laughs) Right, but you know it is what it is, and that's the that's the when you're fishing those areas, it seemed like they didn't replenish as much as the areas they did not. They were they were sort of they were a a smaller population of fish for sure. You guys had, you guys had the mother load. You guys had the the jumbo, you know, seventy five eighty percent of the of the biomass were coming into the pits. We we were working with the ten to fifteen to twenty percent of the biomass, right? Uh, but there were some good ones. I caught I caught a you know I caught a six and three quarter the first day and a five pounder the first day. There's yeah. some big ones in there, you know. Dead end creeks. Dead end yeah. creeks. No non flow creeks. Man, I wrote that off. It's 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 awesome that and it makes sense. You know, I've done that. I've seen that a million times. We see a, a example of almost a dead end creek in our rivers, the Schuylkill. Oh, the Hudson River. Low flow creek, yeah, almost has, dead end. Yeah, the Hudson has the all low flow creeks. Yep. Uh, yeah, a dam or, you know, yeah. something that blocks that flow right. is what you needed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. And, and of course, Greg was in the Cypress Street. He yeah. was talking about the as the tide swelled, uh, because at low tide, you can't catch them. I, and um, we were all talking about these fish must just pull out. They're spawning on them knees. Yeah. And they must just pull out. And just wait for the tide to come back, and then they move back up on their best, right. their nests. Right. Because Greg was sa- telling us how on his fourth pass, three passes without a fish, and then on the fourth pass, as the tide gets a little higher, yep. all exploded. Mm, this is hours later. I'm wow. Like four or five hours later. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like there was four or five per tree. Right. It was four awesome. or five per tree. Wow. Yep. Some with bloody tails. God, like yeah. That makes sense. What Kobe and Pete, what were your best tides in, in the community pits? Was it the higher water or the lower or the mid? Well, the on the low water tide, I could see the fish. Yeah. Oh, so I found it. But what's weird, I, I fished this one tree and I – and I didn't get a bite, and I come back around on low tide, and there's this one, about a three-and-a-half pounder. I'm like, dang. 
that fish had to just get there. It just had to get there because it acted really goofy. I mean, I've side fished a million bass. So, I mean, I'm like, that fish is acting weird. It just showed up. That was on day number two. Well, I fished and I fished for two or three different times when the tide was low. The tide came back up. I went to the same tree. The tree disappears on high tide. You wouldn't even know it's there. So then on day number three, the tide that morning is still sort of high. I fish around. I'm like, man, I want someone had to have caught this fish because there's been several boats up and down that bank. Sure enough, tide gets low enough. I go back to that same tree. Doop, there sits that same three and a half pounder. Wow. No one caught it after however many boats went up and down the thing. And it, I picked it up there. It don't swim off. I said, I'm going to catch this fish. The next cast I caught it, put it in the tank. So, you know, low tide allowed me to find some new fish that I didn't see or didn't yeah. have bite. Um, but to be honest with you, late in the day on that upper tide with a little bit of wind seemed to be the best. I've, wow. I, and I got to agree with you. Um, at the, the low tide, I picked up the spinning rod. And I yep. went I went with that little tiny bait. and uh, What do you call it? Tiny the, child. The fat baby. <laughs> you changed the name of the tiny child, right? I'm using a, a You can't do that. I change, it's a fat Sanko. So <laughs> yeah, but you can't change the name of a rig. We, we just morphed it a little bit. What? <laughs> so, but I, but it, it became that because it was so successful. It has to be the fat baby. The, uh, Pete's, what? Pete's Jelly Donut, it was called. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, I'm, the tide got low, and I'm Carolina rigging. And, and I'm just, I was first on the juice uh on the the second day of the tournament and yeah. uh you know and i'm like i gotta hurry up because kobe's coming he <laughs> 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 was the first one on the juice the second morning i had to i knew i knew they were just going to come raining down on me i, I had about 10 <laughs> or 15 minutes yeah. and um so I, I, I knew where I wanted to get, and I actually got I got a whole pass up and back on that back wall before the next boat came, Kobe. I couldn't believe that I had that much time. But did you catch them? I didn't. Like, I'm Carolina rigging, right? That That's what I put, you know, really hit them with on day one and at practice. That was my tool. I didn't really understand its relationship to the tide yet. and uh, But when the tide got low, which was happening in the morning, bluebird, still, calm, and uh, – and I had to. I kept downgrading, downgrading till I wound up with that finesse rig. And my first pitch with it, I had a fish swimming down the bank, and I'm like, "Whoa!" Like after fishing for 25 minutes yep. without a bite, yeah. And uh, and I missed that fish because I didn't figure out the rigging on it yet. Mm. Uh. And I just I missed that one. I caught the next one, and then I caught. I had a four and a half pounder to my hand, and he jumped over my hand, and I lost that fish. What? And then I re-rigged and got myself the way that I, I figured out what I needed to do, and I caught the next 10 in a row. Mm. But that's what I did. I caught, like, 10 in a row uh, during that tide. And then the tide started coming in. Absolutely lost the bite. Wow. Like, they, they got off of that finesse technique like, like a light switch, like tidal fish can do. Right. And what I found, you know, like you, and I didn't have much time left, you know, because I had to figure this out, and I started catching fish, and uh, then the tide got away from me, and, and, and then I had to go in because I was first flight that day. But that that rig and that, that bite really excelled on the end of the incoming and especially the beginning of the outgoing. Mm. 
Yeah. And you would never think that about spawning fish. Like, why right. Why does that matter to them? Why are they yeah. more active during a different tide phase? But it definitely was a deal in right. that tournament, right. you know. Right. That high tide, that was that was key to get those spawners to bite. Right. Yeah, a little more water in their heads. Uh, I have a question uh, for all you guys, the whole panel. I uh, want to start with Kobe and go to Greg and Pete. Um, talking about spawning fish – that that bite can be funny. And I've had over the years, personally, I've had it happen to me a million times. I've had so many co-anglers uh, talk to me about it. Kobe, that bite's funny. Uh, they hit funny when, when they're spawning. You'll have them pick up that worm, that lizard, that mm -hmm. tube, and they shoot off with it. They, you know, In your mind, you're like, man, I got them. I got this sucker. You set the hook and you miss. And it's so synonymous with spawning fish, especially ones that, you're fishing for that you can't see. Have you found – what's the cure to that, Kobe? I want to start with you, and I want to go to Greg and Pete. What's the cure for that? Because that's a, that's a funky thing that happens. Yeah, I don't know if there's a cure for it or not. There may be a technique. I know a lot of guys talk of, you know, a lot of times, you know, when they, when they know they're blind casting for spawners, when they feel a bite, you know, they don't, you know, most of the time you feel a bite, you set the hook. Mm, so when you're trying yeah. cast spawners, you may feel the bite, but you may put a little pull or give them a little weight back to them. And a lot of times that does make a fish suck the bait in because he you might think it's getting away a little bit or coming out of his mouth. So huh. he's going to suck it in. Right. Um, would be the only technique or something that, that I would know. Wow. I mean, because I've yeah. physically fished spawning bass all over the country. And I've watched them at Lake Eufaula. I've watched them actually a bass pick a turtle, a, a turtle up off of the bed in his mouth. Just pick it up daintily, you know, pick it up, swim off the bed like four feet and go and blow it out of his mouth. And that turtle go choo, choo, choo. And I watch that turtle walk along the bottom back to the bed and that pick it up again. And suck it in just very much, just like barely holding it in his lips. Yeah. Out the bed, blow it out of his mouth. And so I've seen so many weird things when I've been sight fishing that I've, you know, sort of learned when you're blind sight fishing this time of year that you can't, when you feel a bite, you gotta, you gotta give it a little bit of weight or tug on it. Not, you know, you're not tug, you know, just pull on a little bit and yeah. let me pull you down and set the hook and your success ratio goes up quite a bit dude that that's an unbelievable yep. tip uh, rizzo market because yep. i'm i'm telling you right now that nobody ever tells you that no no nobody. one ever tells you yep. to purposely try to pull it away pull on that fish a little before you get into them and i love that and yeah. it makes a lot of sense yep. makes a lot of sense when you're in clear water and you see it you it, it it sort of makes more sense mm -hmm. when you're when you're not seeing what's happening. It doesn't make sense, but that that Can, makes a lot of sense. You think you could do that? I I'd have a hard time doing it. <laughs> I, I I can't sit still, and, yeah. and I like to I like to jack them, but yeah. I, I it makes a lot of sense. It does. That's a really good one. Yeah, Kobe, I've not heard that about spawning fish before. That's pretty key. In practice, the James River. You know, I know like Ike said, he didn't set the hook on too many of them, and I usually don't either, but. At that tournament, I said, I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch one each day until I go, shoot, I shouldn't have caught that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Quality tournament fish. So, man, they would bite that thing, 
and they would swim off. Dude, a lot of them would swim off quite a ways, and I finally say, okay, I'm going to set the hook. So you don't always have to set the hook right away when one bites them. I mean, so yeah. you learn to pull on them a little bit, and you're not going to pull it away. And if the thing is spawning and you do pull it away, guess what? You're going to throw it back up there. He's going to bite it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, so you're better off to pull it away from him the first time and let him bite it the second time because if you go to set the hook and you, you might mess him up and he may not bite because, you know, when you visually sight fish for one and you set the hook, you might have nipped him a little bit with the hook or you made him feel a little goofy. Yeah. Then he doesn't it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That was a good one. Greg, you got any good. any I, special I, ones? Yeah, I do. So for me, it's like, uh, you know, we, we kind of just went over this the other day on that lake we were at. I, I throw a really small beaver. I upgrade the hook. So when that fish bites that beaver, if it's going to carry it for the back. It's like a three-inch, like, like a smally beaver. Like a smally beaver yeah. size. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I'll throw it on a four-rot, which is a wow. giant hook. Oversize. Yeah. Oversize it. Yeah. You know, it, it gives it more of a bite for the fish, right. obviously. You know, if it gets that very end, it still has the hook. Uh, one of the main things I do is unpegging the weight. Unpegged. Yes. Unpegged. Wow. Yes. So, That's a good one. Uh, you know, lightweight, always around a quarter, usually three sixteenths. So when that bass picks up that bait, yeah. you know, most of the time, it gives it a little less resistance. Wow. Uh, resistance, nice. That's a and, good one. And one thing that I also noticed, too, uh, you know, depending on what you're throwing, too, too obviously, you know, it's a time of year where you kind of don't want to slack line hit them. Right. You know, you want to do more of a pool, it seems right. like. You know, you're using the big rods. Yeah. You, you know, you got plenty of power to sink the hook. Yeah. So slack line in that time of year, I think you lose a lot of fish because of that. Right. You know, they're not getting it good. Yeah, and that makes sense. That actually falls in line with what Kobe yep. said a little bit, right? Because yep. you're, you're, you're sort of making a connection. You know, slack line them, there's nothing, then there's everything. Yeah, there's no pop. You know, but w with what Kobe said, too, you know, almost you're almost getting into Engaging them a little. Them. Yeah, 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 you're getting yep. into them a little, letting them feel you, yep. and then getting them. So yep. that makes a lot of sense. Yep. yep. Pete, what do you got? Uh, it's good stuff. Um, the the one thing that that is key is when you get a bite. Like if you're fishing down the bank and you get a bite on the typical season, I might be inclined to write it off or keep going. But at this time of year, if I feel anything that could be considered a bite, a fish moving the bait, man, I, I power pull down if I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I'll throw – I'll put repetitive casts – into that area uh, four or five times yeah, and uh, in that exact spot to try to find. I can't tell you how many fish I catch that way yeah. that I that I missed the strike on the first, you know, the first time because they're doing like they did with my coast bait. Right. You know, he's got the tail and he's just running off the nest, but I'm not lucky enough to belly hook a five-pounder. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to throw back in there right. a few times, right. you know. And, uh, but they, the other one – you were throwing the fat baby. That's why you should have been throwing the lizard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Lizard, you would have caught him. I would. I know he was throwing the lizard. Yeah. But the other, the other one is uh, is kind of along those lines. Is uh, is I know fish blow baits out on the nest, but I find my strike to catch ratio is way higher if I don't if I hesitate if I hesitate like when I'm boarding the plane. Uh, yep. <laughs> or, I, or making a decision <laughs> or make, or responding right. to an email you gotta, right you, you gotta get it right <laughs> right and you gotta get it right this time and uh but you can't rush it and you can't i find if you rush it you come back with half a bait limbs ripped uh, off yeah, yeah um and you know or fish hooked like kobe was saying that turtle in his lips you'll get skin hooked fish you'll you'll yeah. hit you'll tick them with the hook and annoy the fish 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of bad stuff can happen right. if you if you hit them like you would in the summertime. You know? Right, right. So hesitation, like in that situation, like many others, yeah. is a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. All right, there you have it, <laughs> folks. Hesitation is key. Uh, I, I've got another one. This is just for me personally. He who hesitates. He who says yeah. hesitates is lost. Yeah, uh, Kobe, I want to corner you on something. Yeah, I honestly, you are. I consider you one of the best sight fishermen out there. Period. Uh, and I, I watched MLF today. I, I had like a honeydew list today. I was doing chores here for for Becky, but uh, I had MLF on, and and they're doing a lot of sight fishing down there at at uh, Lake of the Ozarks right now. Um, Talk to me about the color thing because I, I I saw guys do well. Jacob Wheeler won his won his round using white on beds, and it seemed very important to what he was doing. Other guys had very good events sight fishing with natural color baits, green pumpkin, watermelon. Talk to me about that, Kobe. I want, what's the deal on color? Because I get that question a lot, and I don't know how to answer it because I suck at sight fishing. Well, I don't know, know if you suck at sight fish or not. You're you're pretty hyped up. You just can't sit there. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> right. Correct. The color on sight fishing, if a guy, in my opinion, is using a white bait for sight fishing, basically he's using that white bait so he can see that bait. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, I sight fish basically with yeah. two baits. I use a white bait. Or a green pumpkin bait. Now, those Ozark type lakes or Table Rock, uh, Beaver Lake comes in mind with me. Green pumpkin really works well there. I don't know if it's because the water's so gin clear, because you can see green pumpkin in that water because it's it's plenty clear enough. Yeah. Um, but most of the time when I'm side fishing, I use a white bait because I can see that bit. I can see the bait. I know that obviously the fish can see the bait, and when that white thing disappears, I know what's in the fish's mouth. And I can set the hook with and legally keep that fish in my life. Right, right. The green pumpkin style bait, you know, a lot of times it gets lost in the bed or lost in the rocks or by the log, and you really can't see it very well. So you do take a chance of foul hooking the fish yeah. and having to let, um, you know, so that's the way, you know, I use a white bait most of the time just so I can see it. And then, but you can tell, I mean, sometimes. When that fish gets up and he sees that white thing in the bed, he doesn't like that white thing because it's not really natural, to be honest with you. Yeah. So when I'm off, you put something in the green pumpkin or black or darker that's in that bed, it just sort of mixes in with what's on the bottom a lot of times, and he just swims up there, and you barely move it, and then he's like, oh, wait a minute. There's something in here that shouldn't be in there, and he goes over and investigates it. So a, a white bait, in my opinion, is used mainly for the fishermen to see more than the fish to be honest with you so you know how he's reacting to your bait and then you go with the more natural colors when you know you don't really need to see what the fish is doing to your bait and my that's my opinion yeah i mean that's that's what i use or that's what i do when i sight fish and i mean but 90 percent of the time i'm throwing white just to be honest with you yeah yeah and we, we saw jacob do that i saw him yeah. at the end of the day it's amazing he's winning the tournament again yeah you know? Yeah. It's crazy good. Yeah. Rich, we got some questions? Yeah, we got a uh, we got a question from Frank. Um, Frank! We can go ahead and open, open this up for the whole panel. Frank uh, Rizzo! He, he wants to know, um, when, uh, when, you're, when you're fishing in crowded areas, high-pressure situations, what's the first move typically? Is it to power up or go finesse, and why? Hmm. That's a good question. Man. 
Well, I, I'll, I'll tackle it first and let you guys go from there. But when you're in that crowded situation, um, the, the very first thing that I'm going to think about is downsizing. Uh, to, to, but I'm going to start out with what I – especially if I can get first passes on areas, if I'm getting a first look at a fish. But if I'm sensing that that bite is not what it was at practice, if it's – you know, I'm seeing – uh, diff something different happening. My first move is going to be to downsize and try to try to deal with the pressure that way, whether it's lighter lines, smaller baits. Uh, but I am going to come out of the gate. I'm going to come out of the gate power fishing, especially if I can get that first pass. You know, I, I think that's a that's a big deal. What yeah. do you think? I ru I would run. I'd leave. I'd start the outboard up and go 70-plus out of there if I saw that many boats, you know? I don't want any parts of that shit. GDP? Same as you, Pete. Power all the way. First yeah. If I can. Try to make it go? Yep. Kobe? It's the same thing. It depends on what time of day it is or what time of the day it is. You know, what stage of the, the overcrowded spot you're fishing. Like you said, if it's first thing in the morning, you're going to – you're going to try to fish as much of that overcrowded place as you can first or second. So you want to move along to try to get first dibs later in the day, you downsize, you slow down. I don't, you know, I never really, I mean, I was throwing somewhat of a smaller bait to begin with at the James river. I didn't really downsize. I just slowed down. I slowed way down. So you might still be able to throw your there favorite you bait mm. technique, but you're just going to have to make a lot more casts or a lot tighter areas than you would if, if you were just going wide open. I like Mike's solution best, if you can find it. <laughs> I think find we, all, the, we all like that. Find best. another area and yeah. go. Get out of there. And then uh, another question, actually, from Frank again. Frank! Uh, he, he, Frank Rizzo. He wants to know, uh, how important is it when you're uh, spawn fishing or sight fishing to wear clothing that uh, matches up to either the bank behind you or the sky above you? Hmm. Well, Hey, Frank, if you look at everybody's boats, I, I would say 20 years ago, that was a good argument. But if you look at everybody's boats right now that are green, lime green, <laughs> bright, bright, yeah. and stuff, guess what, buddy? I don't think color what you wear really matters yeah. in my opinion anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mike, do you remember how you used to pronounce chartreuse? Chatteris. <laughs> <laughs> I said Chatteris a long, long time ago. I thought it was Chatteris for a couple of years. Because I, yeah. I gave that to you. Yeah, when they, you yeah, took yeah. It. When they first invented it. Yeah, Chatteris. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a good I, I agree. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that matters as, as much. You know, I think your boat positioning matters. I think your presence, right, if, you know, like where the sun is at, all that I think you should be conscious of. But right. Your clothing or your or your boat, I don't think any of that matters. I think you How know. about your I, musk? I, I, or your musk. I don't yeah. think your musk matters. Greg? I, musk? No yes. musk. No musk. Yeah. No. I think movement is key. Greg, do you? I think like, I, 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 I feel the need to be still. Oh, God. And, yeah. like, as soon as yeah. I see a fish, yeah. it's guaranteed whoever's in my boat decides to go in the cooler. Hang up. Hang their most expensive bait. <laughs> Drop a tackle box in the belly of the boat. Slam a lid. <laughs> Slam a lid. Yeah. I, I, think, I think movement is, is important. Yeah. I think position is key. I mean, yeah. you know, if you can position yourself to where you can see that fish, he has a, maybe a glare on you looking back, that's a big deal. Right? Yeah. You know. 
But yeah, there's so both positioning presence outweighs yeah. the and, and, color and choice. Sometimes, so. sometimes yeah. you can't control that, but you can back off and throw bombcast to them. Yeah, you know? that's mm-hmm. that's one thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, we saw you do that last yeah. week. We did. Yeah. We did. It's a great success. on movements. The the biggest key. I mean, there, there's millions of bass that are underneath people's docks that get used to people being on the dock, and you can stand right over yeah. that fish as long as you don't go anywhere. I mean, if if you can talon down, power pole down, raptor down, and sit there more times than not, that fish is going to get used to you as long as you don't make any real herky-jerky sudden movements. I mean, dude, I catch most of the fish I sight fish for within 15 feet from my boat. I mean, I just, I just sit there. And I'm real patient, especially if it's one that you want to catch. Take your time. Be be stealthy. Yeah. Be stealthy, you know, on the deck of your boat and you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more success. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I've got one. Uh, I, I want to throw it around to the panel again. I'm being so selfish here because these are all I, I, I like I said, I wanna know because I'm not very good at it. Um, we we talked about color, uh, you know, white a white one and a natural one seem very important. I want to know about shape. I'd like to hear from everybody Ooh, okay. your favorite shape. Kobe, start with you. You know, we know you fished a lizard on James, but if you're traditionally, traditional sight fishing where you can see the fish, um, give us give us your favorite shape. I know there's several, but give us your favorite. I'll tell you my favorite bait, and I've been after V&M baits for, I couldn't tell you how many years to make me one, but I use a Zoom um Oh shoot! A zoom. Uh, it's not a brush hog. Oh, it's a super hog. A zoom super hog and white pearl. And I super cut, hog. And yeah, I cut features. all the two little tentacles that hang off to the side. I rip both of those off, and I the tail. I break the tail apart, so that way when I drop it in the bed, it goes straight in the bed. It doesn't veer off left to right. So when I when I know I drop it, I know where it's going to go. Um, that's the bait I use. If, you, if it's sight fishing time, it's going to be on my pole. It's going to be on the end of my string. It's either that or a, a, a big lizard. That's it. That's the two baits I use. Yeah. Period. Lizard and super hog. That's a good one. Pete? Uh, well, when I, it's odd because when I'm blind fishing, I'm always using creatures. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. use like a rage bug is one of my favorites uh, that I like to use. The, the baby brush hog when I'm blind fishing is is uh they're great tools the other the other baits uh you're gonna probably be shocked to hear me say this but is is a stick bait <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> what color elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> but the uh you know so those those are the two that uh that that the two kinds of shapes that i'm going to try to make work but i gotta i gotta give kudos because he won the elite this year and he gave an amazing seminar at Bass University is Drew Cook. Yeah. And the shape that uh, that he's talking is that big bite baits, tilapia magic. It's the fighting frog. I yeah, that's, a bluegill, that's a bluegill shape. It's a wider profile. It is. Bait. It is. It's like a combination of a crawl bluegill. Yeah. But it's got the, I know the, the flappy crawl. I know the bait. The claws yeah. on it. Yeah. And it's got kind of a hollow body. Yeah. A little bit. But uh, – but that shape is amazing. Watched he gave a seminar about how to use that bait uh, about two months before he won the tournament wow, on cool. the elites, and he cool. used those exact techniques. Yeah, and that's all he uses. Yeah, like he doesn't throw it in a different color. Right. He doesn't throw a different shape. 
he just just that he will drown that bait uh, and and get him to bite it and does something really cool like you heard uh, Kobe talk uh, you know about trying to pull that bait away from the fish but his cool strategy uh, which, which is awesome is he hides the bait he tries yep. purposefully to hide that bait on a stalk of grass a leaf pile anything around the nest and hide it there and allow that fish to reset back up on the nest oh. and then pull that out and of then sneak it in there sneak it in there so the fish can wow. see it pop out of its hiding spot yeah nice yeah really wow. really advanced that is advanced advanced stuff but uh yeah i like his moves yep yeah. i'm stick bait creature bait guy okay greg favorite shape i have three okay and, uh they're all different okay uh number one i'm gonna go with that little tiny beaver for a bluegill yeah bluegill shape you know kind of round small. yeah um what brian nothing so listen, so compact ba beaver. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. I, I feel as myself. I've done a lot of bed fishing. You know, I just <laughs> feel like these rotation wise are really good for me. A robo worm on a drop shot is phenomenal. Yeah, it's something good that's one. very very finesse. That on them real pressured fish, I can get in the bite a lot of times on that. I'll even take that little beaver and I'll drop shot that sometimes. Four inch robo or the the six the four inch? inch four inch robo. And, and yep. it's always orange morning dawn. That's always the color yep. no matter okay. where I fish. Yeah. Um, Besides that, I gotta go to stick bait. It's it's stick such bait. a yeah. quiet presentation. You yeah. throw it past the bed and just kind of pop it into there. And yeah, man, on pressure fish, it gets rig rig crazy. Here, here's wacky, wacky rig. Here's what's wacky interesting. Rig. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Kobe and Pete under the bus and and myself because we're the oldest guys here. Remember back in the day when like I remember and I, at the time I was still like uh, at the local regional level, but. Guido and Shaw were the guys, and, and uh, Peter T were the guy. Like, they were the guys, and were you the guys. watched them, guys, right? Dude, it was all about the tube. Mm. If you threw anything else but a, G, a G3, a G2 <laughs> tube, forget it. Leave that shit at home because yeah. it was only the tube. That's the only thing. Why has all that changed? Kobe, why has that changed? Remember? You remember that. Come on, Kobe. <laughs> Dude, I, I grew up up north in, in Michigan and northern Indiana where the tubes, I mean, you, I mean, that's, you went tube fishing. That's all you took was a 14 different colors of tubes and yeah. went tube fishing. Yeah. And the only, the reason why I never really got hooked on the tube thing, because back in the day, it was really hard to find a hook. Yes. That yeah. you could, could use and, very, and be very successful on hookup ratio. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not hooking the fish because you could you know smallmouth fish obviously you throw it on the open jig head and no big deal but largemouth fishing in grass or around stumps you get hung up a lot so it was hard to find a hook for me that made bed fishing with a tube successful that's right. why you know and that the zoom super hog is basically i mean dude it's i mean the the body on it's not three inches long and it's got two little tails that hang off of it it's it's actually really close to a tube, but just doesn't have all the tentacles. That's all. They're just more solid pieces. Right. And same thing, you know, with a beaver style baits, the same thing, you know, that fighting frog, which is just funny because the first thing you said was that's a bluegill bait. And that's because I remember Dean Rojas and a fighting frog and catching that huge stringer on it. And that's what it looks like to me is it looks, it's more of a bluegill imitation than a frog. So I don't even know why they call it a frog. They should have called it the fighting bluegill in my yeah. opinion, but whatever. But, you know, that a bluegill, some type of bluegill bait is probably probably one of the best things you can throw on a bed anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's incredible how times change. and The ghillie. Uh, and, yeah. The ghillie. Mentalities change because, 
you know, it was like you had to throw a tube. And the other thing is, back then, I remember, you had to throw light line. Like, you would never oh. see sight fishermen with a bait caster. Mm. Never. Right. Never, dude. It was sacrilegious. These guys were using A6, 8, and 10-pound tests. It would take them 30 minutes to land one sometimes. <laughs> Uh, talk, talk about that, Co, because I, I see a lot of great sight fishermen now using 15, 17, 20 straight braid. braid. Like and it doesn't even matter. Does it matter? Does this line matter? I think with but we all I think sight fishing. I mean, I've looked at enough fish and you can pull up there and you can say, well, that fish is going to bite. I'm good. Or I'm going to have to work on that fish. And then if you're going to have to work on that fish, then you might get into some other goofy technique, drop shot and light line, things like that. But in a tournament format, the way we fish nowadays, heck, dude, you're going to go up to pull up to that fish. And if he ain't going to bite my super hog or my lizard, you know, in a pretty relatively short time, we're going to move on unless it's a great big one. Yeah. So, you know, you can still use all that technique and everything but obviously hundreds and thousands of fishermen have proven drew cook proved it as santee cooper i mean you go with a big stick and big line and a big bait and a big hook and you catch big fish and it's yeah. that simple yeah yeah Bam. it's interesting so Ty what are you going to do when you win the points in the northern open scooby <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome well, if uh if i get fortunate enough at least that way i'll requalify for the elites you know it's amazing I talked to a few of my buddies, and I've been fortunate enough to do well enough in the, the Northern Opens a couple of times and, and actually win the points thing, you know. So I go to an uh, opening event against 225-plus people and come in fifth, and I fish an elite out of 94 people, and I can't beat 47 of them. So I don't know. I got to get that I got to get that worked out mentally in my head, to be honest with you. And uh, maybe we won't have to worry about winning the, the Northern points thing. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm having, I'm struggling this year as well. Uh, let, let me get, yeah, Brian, real quick. I want to get a little Ike live with Kobe real quick. Oh, I was going to say, I got a question from Dave B. Oh, yeah, let's do Dave, that first. Uh, Kobe, he wants to know, uh, being said it was the James River and its close proximity with Washington, D.C., was was there, do you think there's any correlation with the bass uh, preferring a lizard? And Washington, D.C. being in close proximity with the lizard people. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that has much to do with it. I think it's the time of year and, and biting the what are the No, lizards? Kobe, That's you're wrong. It was the lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for coming on the show. I, I had a 50 <laughs> that was a good one that was a good silly question because i want to ask the silly question uh kobe you travel uh occasionally i see you traveling with uh greg hackney i see you traveling with uh 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 yes prosnick the other guy anybody fart burp talk in their sleep like give me some bad habits <laughs> bad traveling <laughs> habits of these guys jacob prosnick <laughs> man he's gonna not be happy with his buddy many <laughs> this happened when he traveled to my house when me and my wife lisa lived in okeechobee she gave him the nickname pp <laughs> <laughs> yes uh -uh. went right along with that and he is and that stands for pig pen by the way <laughs> the uh, peanuts back in the day you know that was 20 some years ago when all that happened so him and his, uh, he snores. Jacob snores, but but Greg Hackney, 
he is like a ghost. Like you'll be talking to him one second on the couch and you'll turn and he's gone. And he's gone for the night. He's in bed. And it may be 30, it may be 745 and he's just gone. So <laughs> like it, that uh, move. <laughs> but he's he, he's a lot more serious about things maybe than me and Jacob are. Me and Jacob are up late. But Jacob's not allowed to go to bed before I go to bed because if he goes to bed before me then I'm up all night because he snores so much uh, 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 that makes sense right, what about what about GDP you just stayed with him give us the goods on GDP yeah well man I don't I don't know what I can say but I didn't see him a whole lot because he was sort of on a mini like vacation <laughs> I mean and, and he'll he'll vibe for this because he'll come in from the door other than the night that I bought steaks for everybody, he was out and about that night. <laughs> oh. From practicing, and he goes, shoot, right into his room. And the next morning, I'll be up, and I'll be walking, and he comes right out of the room. See you later. Shoot, out the door he goes. <laughs> <laughs> really solid. Focus. That's it, man. Focus. Heavy focus. Yeah, he was, he was focused on something. <laughs> Kelly was there. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, and we were staying in Jacob's room in his bedroom. You were, you were what? In Jacob's bedroom. Oh God! He gave us a house and left. Jacob, wasn't there. Jacob was not there, though. Just to clarify that, Greg. Oh. <laughs> he was not there. That is important thing to. Yeah, all know, three. Take. All three. You guys are just in the bedroom. That would have been, that would have been cool. Huh. Hmm. That shit's coming back in style now. So <laughs> never went out. Yeah. Does Kobe uh, like call? Like soda pop or something weird, oh, no. like guys from North du- the he, North. He du- did I say, like pop. Yeah. He did say something. I had no idea what he said. I don't know what it was though. I can't remember. And then Jim Diller was there too. I can't even understand Jim. We talked. <laughs> 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 you needed to deci- You had to decipher. From, yeah, he's from Louisiana. It's different. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. We, had, we actually had a at the house that week. We had a pretty good mix of people because we had Chancy. We did. Walt. He was from Iowa. And he's and he was always and Greg always made this comment. He'd always say, "Right here, right now." Yeah, bud. Like, <laughs> That's how he talks. He says that all the time. He goes, "Right here, right now," and he always says it in that little Iowa twang that he's got or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he always talked about the herd bowl. He was the he was a herd bowl, and we had satellite bowls at the house. It was a it was a crazy week to be honest with you. And, and, of course, we did have, like you said, Jim Dillard from Louisiana, and he was all over the place. So it was, you know, it was it was quite the time, to be honest. It was actually a good time. It was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. It was an excellent tur- tournament, Kobe. Congratulations. Yeah, on congrats, a Kobe. Great that start was awesome. to the season, yeah. man. Yeah. Kobe, do you have any advice for, for Pete uh, for how to handle the, the – uh, I don't – like the, the foreign anglers. Like, how do you – because back in the day, like I won't say anglers. I won't say like bullying, but you know, owning your spot and kind of like they used to do, what? and but Pete got bullied it, around by a Japanese it, angler. And he needs help. I doubt it. Language barrier, obviously, correct. That makes it and easier. So you don't know if they if they understand you or not. So you just try to be kind to them and use hand signals, nice hand gestures, and that's the way you sort of work things out. And what? that's how I work. Out. That's that's can good. You show us, can you show us one of them? What do you do when nice <laughs> hand gestures don't work? <laughs> Bumper boat. Which was pretty cool. And just and this is sort of and this is a real story. You know, in there where we were fishing, Pete, you know when boats got run around, especially when the tide was going in, the bank would get muddy and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh the gentleman's name in there, I can't remember it was this Keo Keo's 
that Kent- was in there with us. Kenta? Kenta. Or, no, it wasn't Kenta. It was the, the other gentleman coming to finish 10th. I can't remember his name. But anyways, I, I motioned to him. I said, no, no wake, no wake. Waves. And he goes, oh. So whenever he was around me, he would idle from one side to the other. And I would show him the same respect because that way he wouldn't muddy up the bank. And we sort of worked together, and it actually worked out pretty good um, for both of us because we spent a lot of time in there. So it was actually pretty cool, but it's definitely do have a language barrier. And it's you don't know if, if they understand you or you don't understand them. So it does make it a little rough mm. at times. I think you bullied. <laughs> we we just we just had a little disagreement about who owned the shoreline. That's all. <laughs> well, you could do bri- Do you ever think about bribery? Because the Japanese anglers are really into old school classic American baits, like really? especially hard baits. Is that true? That's very true. And Britney yeah. Spears. And Britney Spears. But no, if you have huh. Pete, I know you have I've a got lot a few. of you have a lot of old Bagleys. Mm-hmm. If you have old Bagleys, old Wiggle Warts, original, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking original Warts, original Brass Eye Bagleys. Think about bribery next time. Think I'll, about it. I'll, I'll think about or it. Or threaten with physical we just, violence. We just, or physical we just, violence. <laughs> we just cut them You're off right than back. Pete. That's what okay. we did. We just all cut right. them off right back. All right. Yeah. There but. you go. There you have it. Good. good. It's, it, it was It was all – fortunately, there was a lot of fish to go around, so that part of it was cool. Every, everybody caught them, and there was amazing. Yeah. You know, everybody I caught, talked to, Venora had an 18-pound day out of there. Uh, uh, the kid was in second place out of there wow. uh, after day one with a 22-pound stringer. And, um, wow. uh, awesome. you know, of course, Kobe had a fifth place finish. There was another top ten. Like you said, there was two top tens come out of there. Wow. You know. A lot of big was, fish. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on. Never but it was, it, was, it was a treat fishing around you, Kobe. I haven't, haven't been, I haven't been around you since uh, we interviewed you, uh, I guess, at the Classic or iCast. Uh, so oh, it, it was actually a good time. And, you know, the for whatever reason, I, I know they're really hectic, but the Opens – you know, I really enjoy fishing them. I just, it's, it's not more of a laid back situation because it's, it's pretty intense with all the anglers and everything. But for some reason, when I go to them, I just, I just enjoy them. It's just a fun yeah. time. Sounds like um, it. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and that was the first tournament in years, probably four or five years that I fished with a co-angler in the back of my boat. So that was, you know, a good experience again for the most part. So it was a good time. And, you know, it was, I got to see a bunch of people I hadn't seen in, in several years and, you know, looking forward to see what happens when they go to Oneida here in a month or so. Well, I uh, want to wish you best of luck. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break here. I hope at Lake Oneida I'm not forced to cast to your outboard like I was <laughs> at uh, the James River. <laughs> and we, maybe we can find a population apart from each other. <laughs> but... I appreciate it, and y'all have a uh, safe and uh, happy evening. You, you too. You too. Thanks, Thanks so Kobe. much. Thanks, Kobe. 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 Thank you, buddy. Great job yes. again. Amazing work at the James. And, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We got a lot of cool prizes. We got a, We have a Facebook like and share contest going on. Make sure it's a $50 V&M Bates package, courtesy Ooh. of Kobe Krieger. That's a good so one. So if you haven't done it yet, like and share the live feed that you're watching right now over on Facebook. And we have a grand prize uh, $100 VNM Bates package, which we're going to be Ooh. giving away on a trivia question uh, based on tonight's show. Riz, is that yep. what we got? Based on tonight's show and based. Brian's tackle box. And, and Brian's tackle That's box. That's right. We've got That's questionable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to know if you know what it is. I'm very curious. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back, be back and give away some stuff. Three minutes. 
Why Bass Boats for Sale? Our mission is to be the premier bass boat outlet for listings and buyers. We believe if customers can't find it, it doesn't exist. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. BassBoatForSale.com technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks up. Boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Why bass? And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. What a cool deal. Thanks, Ike, for stopping by. Good to have you <laughs> back in the show. <laughs> and and uh, thanks, Kobe, again. What a, what a great appearance. It's awesome to, to hear all those stories and go through that process. Um, I know we all learned a, a lot, especially we were talking about at the break. Yeah. Pulling that bait away. Yeah, big deal. To get that fish to commit. I like it. Who's got the guts to get a bite and start trying to pull it away from the fish? Do you? Do you? I'll nope. try it. No. <laughs> I feel the tick and I swing as hard as I can. <laughs> not in. Not, Riz, it's not in them. Not happening. But, uh, not yet, anyway. Yeah. No, not yet. Great. It, it's you know, take some time. If we, if we go to the Bash University studio pond, 
uh, that's a great place that <laughs> great we can place to try learn. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, great proving grounds. It's like it's like batting practice when they're just you know, everyone Slow is pitch. just fifty five <laughs> miles an hour right down the pipe, <laughs> straight. You know flat. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. flat. Yeah, <laughs> kind of curves away a little row. bit, like it gets right on the fat part of the bat. <laughs> uh, yep. Every cast, you're like, man, I I, I should go is. pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can really do this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's honestly, it's YouTube. No offense, guys. Yeah, but yeah the guys that grow up on a great pond. Oh, yeah, I should go pro. Yeah. yeah, it's a great pond. You know, you can really do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's what that that place was because I uh, I we were filming on this great pond uh thanks courtesy of the park appreciate you letting us have access but i had uh caught one glide bait fish which was on the uh james river on How the james that? river at practice and uh and i decided i was gonna do you know make a few casts with the glide bait uh while we were there just to get comfortable with it and i picked up the arashi glide and uh and i made 10 casts and i caught two three pounders on the glide in 10 casts i'm like why am i i just i don't we had to leave we had to leave i, I could oh not believe that that we couldn't stay and keep going i know? probably would have made 10 more casts i know well i had i had to make some casts with others. anyway it was awesome and uh you guys are going to see a lot of that stuff that we did down there coming soon to bash university but let's give away some stuff sounds Riz. good uh, do, do you want to do the Facebook like and share first? Or? Let's let's queue up the uh, let's queue up the trivia first. Uh, you want to you want to go with the uh, with that? We're gonna try this. Okay, this is gonna be tough to pull off. Beans, I don't have a picture of it, and this is kind of winging it. But we're gonna look at this camera right here. Look me into the eyes, and uh, once we, could, we could do it on the main camera. We might try that one in okay. a second. Try both. What you guys try to identify this soft plastic bait? Who knows it? It's very unique shape. It is a tube. Somebody what? will get this. How old is that bait? I, I would be Brian? surprised if somebody gets that. Somebody's going to get it. Do you know what year that was made? No. It could be like now. Is it made? Is it current? Is it manufactured today? I say no. Unknown. Big unknown. I will say this. Uh, I'm going to look it up. You remember, you remember the tubes that Ish Monroe used? I do. They were giant. At Amasad? I think I don't know what they were called. I think they were tiger tubes. I don't know, but I, I have tiger tubes, which are like they're, they're, yeah. they're eight inches long. They're I've huge. caught them on that before. Dude. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Quarter ounce weight. Wow. I, I was with Mike. Yeah. Shortly after all that went down, we right. fished a, a place in Maryland. Okay. Where where it happens, where you might need to, you know, just get there. Maybe you don't really have permission, but just go. <laughs> um, but yeah, they. It's wild, dude. That bait hits the water, and then it like slowly fills with water and s falls down. Oh yeah. my God, they attack it. Did they really? That yeah. giant thing just that slow falls. The bubbles are coming out of it. Wow. Whew. I don't see it for sale right now. That bait. Neat stuff. Yeah, but that that. Is a little bit smaller. It looks like it's about three inches. Is that four inches? That's a four. Is that a four inch? All day long, Peter. Yeah, it's soft. It's it's a soft plastic. It's got a it's it's got a rigging head on it, Hard like spot. uh like like the Denny Brower tubes used to have that solid head. Mm -hmm. Toro tube. Toro tube. That's what issues. Yeah. 
Okay. That Giant. was uh, South Jersey Fisherman on the YouTube stream. Yep. It's got some gill plates on it. South Jersey Fisherman 028. You ought to be on the Bass U live stream so you can win stuff Talk instead on me. YouTube. Cause Somebody got it on YouTube? Nah, he was oh. just talking about this is cheap. Haven't, haven't seen it yet. Nah. I got the package here. It looks like a dragon head. So, uh, <laughs> man, you've got a tournament with some big fish coming up. We do. GDP. We do. Right? Is this? Is, is there any reports? Have you seen like any information about the lake? That I haven't been really hunting. I'll, I'll do it probably this week coming. The yeah. one thing I do know is the lake is like six feet low. Oh, it's still low. Which, if you remember, when Keith Combs caught that mega bag there in that elite tournament, Greg, what did you say? Fork was six feet low. Oh, Keith Combs. Keith Combs. Okay. Keith Combs like crushed them. There's like a, a whole bunch of hundred pound, you know, belts. Right. You know, the water's down low. It's going to confine. Right. It'll probably fish big but small, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. You know, the weights will be high, but the air will be tight. Gotcha. You know, I'm I'm guessing so. Post, so you're thinking it's going to be a post-spawn oh. deal? I think it's going to be spawn. Still post, spawn. Yeah, th them Texas fish, East Texas, always seem to be late. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always some leftover. So yeah. I think I think spawn, post-spawn. Shad spawn, definitely, probably. Right. And I think deep. I think all the above. Mm. Seriously. Wow. Yeah. That'll be cool to see. The the Of course, Livesey's win was m magnificent with the top water. That was a shad spawn. Yeah. Yep. Right? That's yeah, what so he was around the gizzard shad. We've always yep. been Gizzards. there kind of the same time of year, pretty right. much for the last three years in a row. Okay. Did so he have his power poles down a trolling motor out of the water? He, had his he probably did on a couple spots. Talons or raptors down. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Lee, by the way. Just got himself another win. Yeah, that's uh, a lot, a lot of right. momentum right there, huh? On the open, you, go, you know, he uh, dude's winning a lot fast. Yeah. I, I believe. Yeah, if you look at the last few years, he's he's winning at a pretty incredible pace. Yeah, he's doing well. I and, think uh, again, this this tournament in the open, little 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 inside info. He has a seminar with us, um, uh, stealth mode bass fishing, that played. That plate. Got it. What's that? Talk to the people. Oh, uh, stealth mode bass fishing. We have that on Bass U TV. That played last week for Lee. How, you know, how, he's, how he's, so? He was Carolina rigging. What was he? What was he doing? That I mean, week? he was doing a few different things, but yeah. you know, he, he, he was three sixtying an area mm -hmm. off of his boat. You know, while he was locked down, and it was one of those deals where, you know, he just he caught he caught the fish, in he caught every fish in the area and. It was very similar to Chickamauga from reports that, right. you know, he, he didn't catch everything that he could catch every day. He he saved himself some fish. Mm. You know, How about that? like one of the super unique things that he did at Chick was like during the practice, during the tournament, he was shaking fish off. And like, yeah, apparently that. he did the same thing again. So that's that's. See, I think pretty. Lee has a, the ability to he's a pretty big dude. I think he keeps people from fishing his area. <laughs> I think it plays. Think Lab. So? I think it plays. Uh, I, I think it does. I've been out there a long Plus, time. he's friends with the Canadians, and everybody yeah. knows they're Brian, have you ever had a run in the crazy. water? <laughs> yes. Have you? No, we're not really. <laughs> Maybe one, one time so far in Elite Series. Shit. Wait, what? I asked Brian if he had any problems in the water because he keeps backtracking he, to yeah. this problem. He, he just loves that. He, hold on, dude. He loves that story listen, of hold on. Did You he guys are here to teach people how to fish, and I'm Brian. here to bring another element. Brian. Everybody <laughs> provides their part. Peanut butter, jelly, bread. Yeah, you Brian, know what I mean? Did, did you get it's bullied? all just peanut butter. What did do we got? Get, did you get bullied? No. Yeah. What was his name? 
<laughs> Hell no. It was her name. Who? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh what, that guy? <laughs> Whoever. <laughs> no. no, I'm good. I'm all right. Still haven't seen the, the name of this. Wow. Might, might have to go Wait a minute. Gets this, Wait a minute. We, we had to go through a show. We had we had to call it because what, what was it, the last show? or the No, it was that? Pangrack. Why, why, Pangrack. Why was he called yeah. the Nature Boy? Yeah. yeah. That's, that one didn't get. And we ended up doubling down and giving away a Hydrowave, so. So, guys, this is a tube. It's about a four-inch tube. It's got a meaty head to it, nice meaty head. You can't really see any detail because of the lighting, but it's also got gills. All right, gills. A tube with gills. Mud puppy-ish, okay? Mud puppy. Run with that for a second. You know, Pete, going back to what you said, I've never Carolina rigged for a spawning fish, but that gives you the hesitation because you're like, does yeah, he got it? You know, it's it's automatic. You're right. Yep. Yep. It gives you that delay. Yep. Automatic. Yep. It worked when it was working. It worked like a charm. When I Kobe was like, he was in the corner of this building over there, huh. and my boat. I I had to get on the bank, like I said. But I I don't think I really described this. But by getting on the bank, I think I disturbed the fish, maybe made them more aggressive, or presented my bait more parallel to the bank, mm -hmm. or got the hit nests or beds that i wasn't hitting yep and it, but for i don't know half a dozen casts it was like i was locked up man a parallel makes sense if you think about it you're covering like the good area like consistently versus yeah. casting and pulling right all right there's something there was definitely something to that for for just a little while so them fishing there were they how far off the bank were the majority of the fish let's say you had a low tide scenario how far are they from the bank at a low tide, man, I I think they were about two feet from from the low tide mark. So yeah. they weren't they were close. They yep. were close at low tide, but I wasn't at low tide, right? It was high, so I was sitting on top of them. Mm. You know what I mean? They were because that low tide mark is where they were doing their deal. Yeah, you know, yep. and it it worked. It I thought it was really going to play a big factor, but uh, but like I said, I didn't get the rhythms of the tides until. You know, we were in the middle of the tournament, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, but it was it was it was a fun tournament. You know, yeah. I missed that fog delay. Did you? You ran down, of course. That hurt. I had last flight that day, so uh, I actually I I was actually happy we had a fog delay because I was like, man, a lot of these guys are going to spin out. Yeah. Which day two, the weights were way lower. They would definitely were. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, we had an hour and a half sitting in the fog. Yep. Uh, that's a that's a pretty major delay. Yep. Riz, why don't you rack up the uh, Facebook like and share? All right. Tonight's Facebook like and share winner is Jeffrey Young. Congratulations, Jeffrey Young. I will send you a DM requesting your information. And uh, we also do have a uh, we have a backup plan for the for the grand prize. Uh, we're not seeing the not seeing the right answer coming through. So we can either double it up into next week, or we can we can go to uh, go to question B. Oh. Big clue, big clue. Hellabass said Lee's on the baby pattern. Uh, might be, might be. Another baby pattern. But he did have two wins pre. Prior yeah. to. Yeah, but, yeah, but still. It's a good pattern. Yeah, he is. He's on a tear, man. Homeboy yeah. homeboy wins. Yeah, no no, no doubt. And, and the thing is, once you. Does what I've he does, it, you know. You, you win. Do what he do. Once, once you get over that win, it's like hitting the baseball, you know what I mean? Once yeah. you. Once you get in gameplay and you start cracking that ball, now you can do it, you know. And it seems like that confidence is hard to come by. But once you get over that hump and mm. get that win, here he goes. I mean, he just keeps stepping in the winner's line now, yep. you know. Yep. yep. Yes, he do. 
Nobody. Still nothing. Still nothing. What do you think? Double it down or go to go to uh, the question? I, I, I think this is Kobe prize. He's on the guest. I think we give away a prize tonight. Okay. Uh, All right. Faux show. Okay. Yeah. So the the we're we're going to a secondary trivia question, guys. Tonight, what was the name of Pete's rig of choice on the James River? That was previously named by Mike Iaconelli. What was the name <laughs> of Pete's rig of choice on the James River that was previously named by Mike Iaconelli? I don't think I named it. Well, it was previously named something else. But, <laughs> but Pete renamed it. What did Pete throw and then and then and tried to name himself after himself or something? Well, we got the answers coming in. That's not the right answer. Not the right answer. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's going to be coming tricky. out. We actually, I filmed a seminar. Oh, I need the full. It. Oh, yeah. Coach P. Coach, Coach P. Coach P is is always on an absolute tear. That guy stays dialed. He's focused. The fat baby. The fat, the fat baby. baby rig. That's we right. Were, we were laughing so hard when we figured out that that's what we were going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, this is the greatest name ever. But uh, the fat baby uh, seminar and how I use it, how I rig it, or it's going to be released soon on Bash University TV. So look for that. And thank you for those. Coach, you're getting $100 worth of V&M beats. How cool is that? What What was the name of the tube? Tubo. The Tubo. The Tubo. Tubo. By Mr. Twister. Mr. Twister. Wow. That's not a real bass bait. That's why. Why not? <laughs> I'm just saying, Mr. Twister. That's kind of dope, dude. What's wrong with it? No offense. Yeah. Mr. Twister's having a comeback. They are. Slowly. Yeah. Yeah. If not slowly, <laughs> Greg's not giving you any love, huh. not even an inch, but that's all right. Hey, we appreciate you GDP for yep. being with us tonight. Uh, appreciate all your sarcastic comments towards me. That's all I got, uh, Pete. I ain't going to tell nobody how to catch them. I'll be yeah. honest. I'll be honest here. <laughs> Riz, as always, I great, got my spot. great job. And uh, appreciate all you guys watching. Get over to Bashu TV, Bashu.tv and get yourself subscribed and look for some amazing <laughs> releases coming this week. Bill Lowen, is uh is going to be our latest releases dropping today drop today yep. uh and oh. and bill is an amazing angler he he will catch them everywhere he goes and right. uh he's one of our favorite uh, instructors uh, most viewed uh because he's such a good teacher so, and, and keeps it simple and helps everybody catch more fish good so, interview tomorrow as well with uh justin atkins about the power of scent the power there's, of scent. yeah there's some, about that tonight there's some good stuff in there so Absolutely. And we will be back here next week. We'll keep you posted on the Bash University Live. Maybe Lee. Maybe Lee lives it. Would you guys Maybe. like that? We would. I would. Hey, no. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a great night. I'm Pete Gluzek for Bash University. Have a great night. Peace. 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 Mike Iaconelli, this is Bash UTV. Here's what's awesome about Bash UTV. You get the top instructors. You will learn things at Bash U that you will learn nowhere else and we help you build confidence with new techniques we take the mystery and the myths out of bass fishing real tools that help you catch more fish consistently at bass U tv shoes are optional and i like turtles we teach you to enjoy bass fishing and that's why you want to check out bass U tv join the bass U family welcome to bass U tv